Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. I'm happy. I didn't, it doesn't nice. look like I didn't I'm mess sorry. that up to, to get it. So I've got some things I have to say to start this off. And as most people know now, uh, I'm the co-hostess with the Moses, and the man that actually uh, pedals this boat is is getting ready to move. So welcome to Bass and Brews, your daily distraction from high-quality fishing podcast. All right, so enough with that. <laughs> Here we are. Welcome oh, we got uh we got our, our special co-host tonight, Wild Bill Fishing, fella hook set hoodlum. And then we got our special guest tonight, Ryan Lunch Money Lambert from Kayak Bass Nation. How y'all doing tonight, fellas? Wide open, buddy. Got them stacked up. Let's go. <laughs> so as as customary uh uh, introductions for, for the podcast. We'll talk about our beers a little quick. I'm drinking in, in remembrance of my great friend, Alex, who cannot be here tonight. I'm drinking a Cape May Bruin double IPA coastal oh, evacuation. Goodness. I have no idea what it's going to taste like, but here we are. Bill? Who, what, what kind of beer is that? I, it's, it's Cape Just May. A, is it a local, like a local brewery or? Bo, I'm in North Carolina. Ain't no, ain't no Cape this is they, ain't, they ain't got breweries in North Carolina. If we'd have a national tournament around here, some people would know. But I yeah. drive through Asheville all the time. There's a local brewery everywhere you shake a stick at down that city. It's got more there than anywhere else in the country, I think. I've, yeah, I've, been, in, I've been in a lot of them. <laughs> this is, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been in the ones that don't exist either. Well. <laughs> Bill, what you got? So, in honor of Mr. Swamprat, I came with two of the finest carbohydrates and a gluten-free beverage oh. by a small company <laughs> called White Claw. <laughs> Microbrewery. And I'm not allowed to swear, but Alex, you know what I'm thinking, and it's for you. Well, there you go. White I'm, I'm, I'm just on the lings, man. I'm oh, a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a yingling addict. I nope. can't, I can't stop. I'm sorry. So, so funny story with Yingling, I've been waiting to tell you this forever, is the bar that I worked at uh, in Chapel Hill when I was in college, we sold the first ever whole keg of Yingling when it was able to come down to North Carolina. And so every year after that, Bill Yingling would come hang out and drink beer. Really? Once a year. Now that's an interesting story. That's oh, a good yeah. one. Yeah. I like that. All right, fellas, let's crack them open. Is too it a late. true story? Is there a billion? Oh, well, I mean, well, it's one, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so Ryan, just tell us you uh, got a, you got an interesting story in the fishing, kind of compared to you know my granddaddy started taking me fishing all this. So just tell us a quick story how you got into fishing and how you got into the kayak fishing. I, I mean, I grew up you know fishing with my grandpa. We got a, a couple little rivers here, tributaries to the Tennessee River, and we'd always go out you know crappie fishing and catfishing whatnot i never really targeted bass we'd go out there and throw rooster tails a lot and i remember i caught like i don't know it was probably three and a half pounds it seemed like a five or six pounder at the time but uh on a rooster tail i was like 13 or 14 i put that sucker in a cooler took it back <laughs> took it back to where we were camping out killed it just dead as a hammer but I, it had a broken back and i think that's why it was pushed so far up that little uh tributary <laughs> but i killed it uh but i was super proud super proud of that bass and uh you know that that was fun and and i had my daughter she's 11 now uh, when she was about three, I was like, you know, I want to get something I can take her out on those little rivers because we always had a John boat. And I was like, you know, I want to I want to take her out on that same water and, and kind of expose her to the same stuff. And uh, I hate to hate to give the man credit for anything, but I was watching TV and uh, up popped uh, Chad Hoover and uh, he's fishing out of a kayak. And I was like, huh, kayak fishing and used to uh, there was a store called Hook One in Nashville and that was his title sponsor, and I was like, hell, I'm not that far from Nashville. I'm going to drive up there and look at some kayaks, because there wasn't really a whole lot in this area at all. Uh, went and bought one, called my buddy Steve Owens, and I was like, Steve-O, you got to get a kayak, man. And he's like, what'd you get? And I was like, a Native Ultimate. So he finds one on Craigslist. We drive to Asheville, North Carolina to pick it up. We go to Logan's Roadhouse to have a couple beers and eat. He locks his keys in the car. So there we are in Asheville with his keys locked in the car at like 10 o'clock at night. Kayak strapped on the roof. Have to call a locksmith to come break us into Steve's car. And we started kayak fishing. And it started with crappie. We caught a couple bass on accident. I looked up the local kayak club in Chattanooga. It was like 15 or 20 guys, and I went and entered a tournament. I was like, hell, you know, I caught a bass on a rattle trap. Crappie fish. I don't know why the hell I was crappie fishing with a rattle trap. But anyway, uh, I bought like an assorted box of soft plastics and one swim jig, and I thought, I'm going to go enter this, uh, this bass tournament. And it was a blind draw. When you got there, everybody drew a partner, and I this drew a guy. Is, well, I hate to interrupt, but this story is – the first time I heard this story, I laughed so hard because I can just imagine the look on your partner's face when this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the guy Cameron, he fishes, uh, he he fishes FLW stuff now. He actually did really well as a co angler last year. Went and bought a bass boat and went all in on the FLW. But I draw this guy and he knows what he's doing. Like he's you know like. He, he gives a shit about, about kayak fishing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I've never bass fished before. This will be my first time out. And, I, you know, you can see, like, kind of the depression set, set in on his face. Like, I don't have a shot at this one. And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I weightless hooked a, a crawdad, a yum crawdad, and I was running it across the top of the grass, and a 20 comes up and just smokes it. And I'm like, yes, like, woo, I got this, baby. So I go over to tell him. I'm like, dude, like, check this out. You know, I caught this. While I'm going over to tell him about the fish I caught, uh, I YouTube 
how to throw a swim jig while I'm going over there. And I have, I have like the Abu Garcia, like Walmart combo. What is it? The C series or whatever, the big, like catfish looking bait caster. Uh, I had that with straight braid on it. I tie the swim jig on with no trailer and I'm doing what the YouTube video says while I'm telling Cameron the story about my fish and I crack like 18 and a half and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, Mm, this is it. We win the tournament. And I'm like, I call Steve-O. Steve-O didn't, he wasn't fishing bass tournaments at that time. I'm keeping him updated throughout the day. I'm like, dude, you have to come do this. You have to. Like, this is it right here. So uh, about a year later, year and a half later, Steve-O and I, we were like, you know, we ought to we ought to start our own club here in Chattanooga. We think we can do it better. And that's a, a message to people. If you sit around and piss and moan about how somebody's doing something, don't just sit there and complain about it. Get off your butt and and you make it better. Like you can be the solution. We started this club and we're we're five years into it now. We have tons of sponsors, tons of prizes. We're you know we got about a core group of sixty people that come out and fish with us. I mean, it's and and Steve will tell you for him especially like he kind of made that his baby. I mean, it's life changing. The people that you get to help through this sport is 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 awesome i mean catching fish is cool winning money's cool but the people you meet and how you kind of shape each other's lives that's that's kind of the the bigger message behind behind kayak fishing sorry i went too deep on that one my bad no no you didn't because that's interesting obviously we're not going to have you on and not talk about the save jt tournament and what y'all did for for um jason brosco's son on that i mean that 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 is like how how that didn't make ABC whatever you know the new, the the stuff that you think about because what y'all did and what the the kayak fishing community came to together and did for that it was was amazing and you see that I mean you see that from a local club level you obviously see that from the national level um, Bill and I see that from from the hook set side you know we got a little group chat that we're always and there's there's a lot of fun and poking and, and you know, craziness that goes on. But when somebody comes up with an actual fishing question or some help, like things get serious enough for us to, to give positive feedback. But that is, you know, I've grown up in the country and, and out in sports in general, uh, you know, all my life played sports. The fishing community uh, from the bass boat world has is, is gotten better. But, you know, I used to be a, non, a, a non-boat angler in bass clubs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got passed around like a stepchild. And <laughs> it was it was rough. But the kayak community didn't like that. And, and what, you're, what you said is exactly, I mean, that's, that's the epitome of, of the kayak community. I've, I fished as a co-angler. We, we've got a local a bass boat club. And I fished it for a couple of years um, with, with my buddy in his boat and, you know, it's it's so much more cutthroat i mean they're like they don't care like you you pull up and nobody's like hey man how you doing what are you catching them all like there's like it's like man what are you what are you doing on this side of the lake like i mean you could be freaking two miles from i saw you trying to cut it on my spot like what are you what are you even talking about like i've i've got a I got a boat sitting in the garage right now. I have fished zero bass boat tournaments out of it because I do not enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at all. I like going out in the boat and filling the live well full of fish and taking, you know, some cool picture. But I mean, as far as the tournaments goes, 
it it does not have and maybe you know if you're on the pro tour traveling with the same hundred guys or whatever i'm sure there's some cool little groups and stuff but you know locally like everybody comes up and and they're just you know it's it's a cutthroat kind of me game out there and i don't i don't really care for it too much (laughs) yeah i was just talking to uh to joe from old glory today about uh co-angler and he's he t- and i made a comment so he calls it you know he's like are you saying you want to be a co-angler is that what you want to do for next year and i'm thinking to myself man i would love to fill in but there's no chance that i'm prioritizing a bass boat tournaments over my kayak floor. like i i have so much more fun and and the camaraderie is there like it, it's a great time in that in the kayak community i'll, I'll sure. tell you there's a satisfying part to being a co-angler when you are on the back of the boat waxing ass like that, that that's a that's a time that I don't mind. Just I mean, for your own little competition inside the boat, uh, that part's cool. Uh, but if you get in the boat with somebody that's been tournament fishing for a long time, you won't get a cast. Like I've I've got a dude I fish with on Chickamauga. He'll we'll be flipping docks. I won't even be able to see the dock. Like he will like if I'm about to cast, he'll just hit the trolling motor and I'm like skirt. Like I can't even get in a cast. I'm just fishing the flat out in front of the docks. I don't even get to fish the good stuff. You catfish. I, I still find a couple laying around out there. Yes, it, it, it is it is different um being being in the boat side than the kayak side. But I think there's also um you know, and I don't want to get into the, the growth of the sport. I, I, you know, there's people have talked about that to death, and there's so many different ways that we can go. <laughs> but one thing Bill and I uh, kind of talked about on, on our group chat the other day was, like, kayak fishing and the growth potential and where it goes to um, from a tournament level and recreational. And, and like, Bill seems to think that that kayak is going to reach – the bass boat world am i right bill isn't that what you said the other day yeah it was i, I kind of stole it from uh from somebody there was a guest on jigs and bigs that, that was like, me hey. i said it is the wild wild west oh right yeah now. so it was yeah. so i stole it from you and, 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 and the more i thought about that comment about like this is, this is the wild west of of fishing these kayak bass tournaments now like the cowboys early days and i'm thinking when they could figure out how to monetize it more because obviously that's what it's about i i I could see, you know, if they can get the, the cameras going and all that, and for other people, it, I, I for sure see it blowing up. And so, and so, Ryan, this is why I wanted us three to get on here together is because you have been a huge advocate for the anglers, you know, pr- promoting themselves, their self-branding. You have to. Yeah. There's so much money left on the table, and I'm not trying to daddy anybody or tell them how they, how they should do or what they should do, but right now – the talent level of the anglers. If you look at, say, the top 20, the top 25 anglers in this sport, the talent level that they have, people don't appreciate. They don't know it because there's honestly, there's maybe six, maybe seven that that really put it out there that are really like, hey, this is what we're doing and keep... And and I do this stuff because I like to do it, you know, being funny and having a good time, like updating my story. And some people rag me about it all the time. You're fishing a tournament, blah blah. People love seeing that. They love that emotional roller coaster. They love watching you 
you know, down in the dumps when you hadn't got a bite in three hours. They love that last minute cull. Like I have adults from my hometown that don't know anything about fishing and they follow my story like religiously. Like I get messages like, are you catching anything? What are you doing? Are you on them? Like you hadn't updated in a while. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that pulls people in. You talk about non-endemic sponsors, which is where the money is. That's what's going to I mean, that generates literally the, the platform, the consumer for that justification of a non-endemic sponsor. You want people tuned into what you're doing. People have to share. You know, like, I mean, Russ Snyder's, Jody Queen, like, they have so much talent. BDH, like, so much talent. Edwin, I mean, we don't really know much about Edwin. I know him personally, <laughs> right. but if Edwin shared the goofy shit that he does every day, he would be on top of the world. And that's what it takes. Like, you look at Christine, for instance, because... And I, she does have an advantage, obviously, because she, and I'm not saying on the water, I'm saying in general marketability, she's obviously much more of a, you know, her own little niche than, than a bunch of sweaty, hairy dudes. But, <laughs> but I mean, she is capitalized. She is capitalized on the marketing part. Robert Field, even though he doesn't tournament fish, he put himself out there and he was really good at the marketing part. Uh, honestly, Greg Blanchard, man, he yeah, he should be getting he should be getting you know checks and and I'll tell you a, a fun little fact: there's not companies that are just going to come up and knock on your door mm -hmm. and be like, "Hey, man, you want ten grand this year? Mm -hmm. You have to build your platform, you have to build your influence, and you have to go to them and say, "Listen, here's the product I've got. Here's what I want for it." That's and, how you that's how you do business. That's contract negotiation. And and so you know on this podcast we look we want content creators, we want um recreational anglers, uh bass boat guys, kayak competition anglers. Like we we want to to have everybody in here, but what you're talking about doesn't specifically fit just just a tournament angler. It's marketing. Like, yeah, it's marketing and it, it you can be like Greg Blanchard fishes tournaments, and we know mm -hmm. that. But and he's very good at tournaments. Yes, but that's not where Greg Blanchard is most successful. Exactly. Yeah. He makes great content. He catches big fish, but his shit, like, look, YouTube videos of people fishing are boring, and people will tell you my unboxing videos get me more views than my fishing videos all the time. The people yep. that that doesn't matter, um, and. Alex is going to kill me, but kayak catfishing, like, <clears throat> that guy. Hey, killing it, son, killing why? it. Why? Tell me why. I don't know. One reason. Because he's a good old boy out there putting out the content, catching some catfish. Entertaining. Catches big fucking fish. Mm-hmm. You're right. catching little five-pounders. He catches nope. some of the biggest catfish you'll see on social media come from him on, a, on now almost a daily basis. And, and that's the thing. And honestly, for me, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow too. Like I've all like the Instagram stuff, the story stuff. I'm fine with that. But for me to sit down and take eight hours of tournament footage and edit it down to, you know, to, to 10 or 12 minutes, I, I'm not saying I don't have time to do it. I'm saying that's not a priority in the time that I do have. Uh, but I, I acknowledge that that is definitely a big form of engagement 
on on the media side and that's something that you know everybody has goals for for next year or whatever that's one of my goals and I, i've got a little project i want to launch yeah, uh this winter yeah. and i'll you know but i think i think people accepting the fact that social media plays a huge part in your value to a company do they give a shit if you catch a limit in every tournament no they really don't they do give a shit who wants to keep up with you not catching a limit. Like they, <laughs> they want engagement. They want people to listen to what you say. That's where that's where the dollar value comes into play. It's not the hardware that you got hanging around your house. So, from from, from a company standpoint, so when, when I when uh, we started Hooks at Hoodlums, it just started as an uh, apparel company, right? So we didn't think about a pro staff or sponsoring anybody or anything like that. And then that's what happens. These guys or you find these engaging accounts and people will tag you and stuff. And then we start following these accounts and it's myself and two other guys that run hooks that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We started to think about it because first thing you do is you get, they get your attention, right? So from a company standpoint, this, this, this person's social media account gets our attention and it's entertaining. Then you find out, are they the real deal? Are they authentic? Or are they bullshitting? And if they're authentic, yeah. now you, you're, you're better at this point. You're like, okay, well, who cares about anything else now? We, we just like this person, but it all starts with social media engagement, you know, a hundred percent. Cause For otherwise, sure. how do you even know who these people are? You know, you don't some, some of these guys up here in different organizations, MAKB or whatever are, I think you, I was looking at the names like angler of the year running today. I think Sean posted it and, and Sean and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, some of these guys I'd put up against anybody in the country and they don't, you know, I remember like when Jig started, these podcasts started, they're like, why are you guys doing a podcast? Why are you on Instagram? You're gro-. But that's marketing. So no, some mm-hmm. of these guys are like phenomenal anglers and they don't even think or consider that world of social media. Well, it, it, not only that, you know, we, we're the, the anglers we brought up are known nationally because they fish in national tournaments. Sure, right, right. But how many, how many local anglers do we know that probably catch – you know, they go out and they catch 20-inch fish, six, seven-pounders from a content creation standpoint all day long that are local that don't fish these national tournaments sure. that are missing out on potential money by by not prom- promoting their stuff. And, and Ryan, I, to your point, I've got probably at this point 100-plus hours of content of me fishing <laughs> that I just don't want to sit. I don't like, I do not want to sit down and, and do the work to put it out there. I, I just don't. And I'll do it for a company. If somebody's like, Hey, will you go shoot me this yeah. tarpon video? Or will you shoot me a commercial for this shop? I'll do that. Like that's a priority. I'm motivated, right. but for my own self, I'm not selling it to myself, so I'm not like, hell, I'll give you 3000 bucks, Lambert, if you'll get out here and edit your own shit. Like, <laughs> maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to start billing myself. But that's probably one of the reasons I'm not motivated is that's just a waste of my time. <laughs> but my idol for creating content is Justin at Kayak Catfishing because his shit, his intro is like a 2010 YouTube intro. And he, I mean, he cuts, but I mean, he's not, he's not doing anything crazy. Yeah. My buddy, Eric Thomason fishes with him quite a bit. He actually came and fished Seminole with us. I got to meet the real deal. Kayak catfish. (laughs) Why did Eric sell all his kayak stuff? Who? Eric Eric. Thomason. 
was it wasn't that him that sold his kayak stuff? Eric Thomason ain't sold his kayak stuff. He's he's coming down now. Eric Thomason is coming down to uh he's coming down to TOC player. He ain't sold nothing. I, I'm thinking about somebody else, then. But anyway, um but yeah, I mean you get that contract and I think that's the hold up for a lot of people is the videotaping, the editing, the actual production of the content is is I think one of the hardest parts to do. It's the most time consuming. And also if you don't know what you're doing, it's gonna look like shit. So That is true. That, and that so that's a learning curve though that I feel like scares a lot of people off. Like your first few videos are gonna be garbage. I promise. I I pro I, I have some if you if you need examples. But like <laughs> until you learn how to cut and when to cut and how to how to take the boring stuff out of a clip and, you know, just, just look for the highlights, maybe throw in a transition or two. You don't have to do any magic, but matching. And this is what I learned when I did that Hobie Tarpon video, matching the lighting, the, the beat to the action that's happening in the video. That's what takes it from, okay, here's another YouTube video to like, you know, people are in it. They are, they can feel what's happening. And I mean, I think I'm not saying that you do, you have to have cinematic quality uh, content, but engaging people, whether it's with your words or your actions or whatever, Pete, you have to hook them on something. You have to make them want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. It, the biggest thing for me is people from a fishing standpoint, people want to see big fish mm -hmm. or they want to see, you in pain. I was going to say they want to see something stupid happen. Yeah, just right. stupid. They see a hook in get it. Face, get attacked by a swan or right. flip your kayak when there was a shark near you. Uh, that's <laughs> how some people gain fame. Fall out with an alligator beside you. You know yeah. they want to see you in pain, or they want to see emotional or physical pain. They want to see you lose a fish and throw your shit in the water and have a, a meltdown, right? Or they want to see you catch big fish. Yep. And, and and that's yeah, I think that's the that's the line that we, we come into. But then you see somebody like Greg Blanchard that, that catches good fish. I mean his quality's good, but and you're talking about going back to non endemic sponsors. He's sponsored by Sierra Nevada. Mm, uh, hey, and those suckers, they will send you cases of beer. We had, uh, they came to our, our house in Louisiana, literally like two cases of Sierra Nevada show up on our porch. And I'm like, Yes, this is it right here. We made so, it tra transitioning <laughs> into the branding side. And let's bill you guys down because bill, bill makes bills. One of these guys that produces these phenomenal videos. I mean, he really does put a lot of work into them and, and, and they're good. Like, good at it. <laughs> like, where do you see that from bill? Because you create the content and you're the one looking for some of these. Well, people last year, last year, uh, like, as far as YouTube, last year, I didn't even know how to turn on the GoPro. I had no idea how to do it. So I, I definitely am not good at it, but I'm, I, I have fun doing it. That's why I do it. Plus, mm. from, a, from a business standpoint, which I hate to say that because we, we don't, obviously, as you know, Paul, we don't ever really treat it like a, like a business or official. You know, that it's, but you have to be on every avenue. So YouTube, you know, the TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, it, it's on everything. So I only do a few of those things. Um, we have, a, like, like uh, Ken does the Instagram and stuff like that, but YouTube, we if it's not like you said, I have hundreds of hours that I never put out. But if I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it, I'm like, I think this would be entertaining, and I, and I'll put something out. And even like last week, I thought that was like 
with Joe and I, and I thought it was a great video. It was a lot of ball breaking. It was funny. And then, and then, um, like Ramon, you guys had Ramon on the show. He, he texted me, he's like, dude, you got He's giving me tips because he's awesome at YouTube. He's like, talk to the camera, do this, do this. I'm like, hey, I'm just putting it out. I don't know what I'm doing really, but I have fun doing it. That, that's it. But I mean, that's, dude, if I'm watching anything, I'm watching YouTube now. I'm not watching much TV. I don't know about you guys, but. I honestly don't watch YouTube, and I think that's what's kept me from engaging in it for so long. If I have a question, like I couldn't get this damn screen to come on my laptop earlier, I YouTube stuff like that, but I'm never sitting here like, man, I'd really like to see another dude fish today. Like, that's never a thing that happens to me. I'm just like, ah, all right, we'll go. I guess we'll go catch a couple. Like, I, I've got to get in the mindset. I need to study more, I guess, from my own perspective. But I will say this. I will say this. And you brought up this point over the last few weeks when you caught that fish on the Susky and your, your video you put out, this is why I can't be on live TV. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just fucking stuck a big pig. Whatever you said. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're on the phone with your buddy giving him a play-by-play. Yeah, I was on the phone with Dylan Lowry. Dylan's listening. He's in the tournament listening to me catch this big-ass fish. And, like... I mean, but that's how I am all the time. Like, I posted that video the other day on Pickwick. Like, I am that way all the time. Like, I talk out loud about what's happening. And at Pickwick, there was this bass boat that pulled right up on my shit. And he was, like, 20 yards from me. And I'm like, you're about to catch it now, boy. I'm about to grill you. It's a monster. It's a freaking monster. Like, ha Go on, son. Yeah. But, but see, to me, to me, that's that's a inter. It, regardless of your catching fish, your interaction with that camera, people, you know, that's that is an entertaining aspect because I'm similar. Like I'm, I talk to myself a lot as well. So there's probably footage on there of me calling myself a dumbass and wrapping shit around a branch and over there, you know, throwing lures in the water because a fish jumped off or or you know, <laughs> shit like that, you know. To me, that's the that's the emotional pain that people that's what they want to see. <laughs> yeah. What I've started doing, I've started talking to that camera like it's a person in my boat, like yeah. it's a, another person. Like I'm I'm telling them what I'm doing. I'm telling them what I'm targeting. And you'll see once I I put these you know finished products out, but. I'm not saying I want it to be educational. I don't want people to be like, I'm going to learn how to fish from Lambert. But but I want you to pick up, like, you know, at least some of what my mindset is. Like, I may break off, you know, 10 fish, but I want you to understand, like, what I'm targeting, what I see through my eyes, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think, and it could be, like I said, could be a great learning experience, or it could be like a what not to do experience. But but you you don't want to be educational, but that's a hundred percent educational. You're educated. Yeah. I mean, but I I don't want that to be my target audience. Right. Like if you're sitting if you're sitting at home drinking a beer, I want you to be like, this is going to be hilarious. Put it on the TV. Like yeah. you want some beer to come out their nose. You want yeah some- yeah yeah. I want it to be I want it to be hilarious. Don't, don't forget the guy that that was on so, as a co angler YouTube and how do I throw this swim jig though too? You know, there's a there's an audience for everything. Yeah, you know? there is. You're right. So, so taking this, taking the self-branding as, a, as an individual angler, and now we move into our, from the kayak perspective, our, our national trails. And because you've done a lot of this here this year, is, is that on the water, 
moment by moment branding from the national trails, you know, from from uh, just an observer taking pictures and posting like you did with the all state championship or uh, uh, whatever. I don't know if it's your state championship or your local club that you did. But then, uh, oh yeah, that was the Bass Nation, uh, the Bass Nation State Championship in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah me yeah. and Stevo went out and, right. and did on some on the water coverage. Yep. Uh, the the Bass, the BASS National Championship. Yeah, I was with Joe McElroy watching That's him right. freaking smoke them. And you were that giving does. updates on that. So you know you you've been a big part of that. Again, you've been a big big advocate of that. So we moved from the individual angler starting to promote themselves and brand themselves to now those national trails that have the reach promoting the angler. And we're not talking about a select five or 10, but we're talking about, you know, that's been a weak point, right? That's been a weak point in my opinion, across the board. Hobie has a camera boat and they put out and that's awesome. The TOC now, the TOC, they put out, you know, they put out cameramen and they run around and try to hit the, the top five or 10. But I think that, that media portion is is a wide open market and i think that that's something jeff and i've talked about that's the direction we want to take kbn like i always want kbn to be you know the bullshit fun page whatever but as far as what we put out content wise i want there to be this platform of where we cover you know, who's doing what in the industry. I want, I want us to get to that point. And I, you know, I was talking about talking to your sponsors and negotiating things. I told that to Z man. I was like, yeah, I really think I want to get into more of the coverage part and the media part. And they're like, but you're still fishing tournaments, like not a question, (laughs) like, like a statement. And I was like, right, I guess I am. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) that's exactly what I meant, sir. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think there's a a huge uh, potential for that. Could you imagine, you know, somebody live streaming a drone or something via Wi-Fi, or like I've got a Sony that has a Wi-Fi connection. Uh, if you could stream through something, live coverage, go around and hit the top ten anglers, or you know, in the area, roll up on somebody. Not you don't have to get super close, but have a person that's doing live commentary. You know, this is what they're set up on. This is, you know, this is what they're looking at. These are the quality of fish they've been catching just to keep people engaged throughout the day. I think so, that's, I think that's a market. That Bassmaster Classic yeah. Live is better than when it's edited six months later and they do it in like three hours. Now, when you're for watching sure. that live, that is, that is, I mean, you're, for me anyway, I'm like, oh, I'll put this on and then you're glued. Yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to call out of work and sit there and watch it live because they're yep. commentating. They're going from boat to boat. And that's why I meant with kayak. Mm-hmm. Once they could figure that all out. I, I it's so expensive. Gonna... Signal yeah. booster, signal boosters, hosting. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, honestly, we, we've dug into it. Like, it's so expensive to build a network like mm-hmm. that. Uh, just, I mean, from an app to hosting, like it's, it's, a, oh, it's a lot of, a lot of dollars. So in my, like when I think of drawing, so, so now we're at the point we're bringing in viewership and viewership brings in money from, from big sponsors, right? Goodyear mm-hmm. and, and all these, right? So when I think about, uh, crap, what was his name? Largie's rule. <clears throat> um, 
You're talking about you talking about Smalley's rule up there oh, at uh, Champlain. Yeah. Largies never rule. There's nobody that's out there like, man, I'm gonna catch some largemouth today. <laughs> Boom! But I, I, I'm in North Carolina, I, where I am. We ain't got we ain't got no smallmouth, so largies rule. That was it. I uh, shit. I can't think of his name now. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Jackson, like sank yeah. it two or three times, and still he won the won, damn tournament. Like, can you imagine? No. Can you imagine having video coverage? <laughs> Live video coverage of him out there catching, ba- bailing water out of his kayak, catching twenty inch smallmouth, flipping that, flipping that bitch over, uh, that bitch over, getting in it, flipping it, dumping water out, and catching twenty inch uh, smallmouth every other cast. And he said he could see him riding the waves. So, like, we, we no, to- I can't imagine that. But can you imagine that on live TV? And and what the aftermath of that is on the phone. I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to figure out how to do it. And I, I mean, I know how to do it. You throw money at it. That's how you solve yeah. a lot of problems in life. Throw money at it, and something's going to fix itself. So, so on that, where does where does where do you think the sport has to go to be able to? get to that list where does it have to go to be able to be not competitive but closer to the 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 professional bass boat fishing where i mean that the anglers have to present that engagement the anglers have to pull in the viewers it can't be on it can't be on the tournaments. You can't put the responsibility anywhere else you have to have the anglers that are involved in this sport pulling in the viewers to do that you need exposure so the best way to get exposure currently is through you know a platform via you know hobie bos which and and honestly i know everybody's like oh he's biased but i'm not i've never i I don't have an investment in hobie i don't care i like aj we're we're friends you know we all kind of discussed all this stuff as it was coming into fruition but as far as like investment goes i'm not invested in anything like it's awesome that he's making it work but the reason he's making it work is because hobie promotes the angler so much aj's never up there with a microphone me 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 you should do more for me that is never ever an angle that he takes on it it's always about promoting whoever has accomplished something that day I think as these organizations promote the people that are doing the big things, like Bass has such a huge network, such a huge network, magazines, TV. Why aren't they pushing these guys harder? Like you, it shouldn't be a magazine article or, or an internet article on page 17 of Bassmaster.com. Who, I, who the hell goes to Bassmaster.com, to be honest with you? Like they need to step up on their social media platforms, especially, and promote these anglers. Like if you want success for the whole deal, promote the anglers. If the anglers have a bigger following, BASS has a bigger following. KBF has a bigger following. Hobie has a bigger following. That is your core demographic. That's your magnet. That is your people magnet are the anglers. Yeah, some of those anglers have outgrown bass, have outgrown their organizations that they fish mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but on that too, like the organization isn't going to promote old Jim Bob over here who, who has no personality, who goes on a local podcast and and like you're like this is this is probably the worst thirty fucking minutes I've ever spent in my entire life. 
I mean, it happens. Sometimes you get some boring people on the other end of the mic. <laughs> And it goes from a local level, and you know, that's the thing. These national it goes to the national level, buddy. I mean, there's not a limit to being boring, but that's that's angler responsibility. I don't, I don't want to sound like a tournament judge. That's angler responsibility. Let your personality out. Loosen up. Uh, you don't have to drink, but do something. Do some push-ups. Do something to energize yourself. Chug a monster. Like, come in and... And, you know, bring value. Do something. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, they can't promote somebody that doesn't have that, 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 you know, that Jacob Wheeler personality or, you know, those folks like that. I mean, there's that's where we're going is you can't just and, – and the old the old timers like Randy Blockett, if you listen to some of these folks and you listen to BD, BTL, they talk about some of these anglers um, and especially Uncle Frank. Frank Scalish on BDL talk BTL talks about in the old days, the only ones that got the ones that got paid the most from the sponsorships and got the most screen time and paper time were the winners. Right. And because when you won, that's the only way that you got into the magazine or you got on TV. Not well, anymore. Yeah. No, Frank talks about that shit now. He's like, dude. Oh, Wild Bill, I forgot to tell you. I was just kidding about those texts earlier. We can cuss. Oh, I knew we weren't <laughs> praying on the end and beginning. <laughs> of the so, oh, boy. So, the, um, but, but, yeah, so, so now you don't even, I mean, they, they talk about, um, you, you talk about, they talk about all these anglers and where they are on social media. And, and so those are kind of the faces of their, of those tournaments. But again, we Bass has been doing this for a long ass time. They have, they have. Like I think people want the kayak world to get to MLF and Bass next year when they've been doing it since the seventies. So I've got a a couple probably interesting takes on that. Um, Bass has been doing it forever, so. The kayak deal, I feel like, was not really on the radar. I feel like they saw the growth in kayak fishing, and they're like, "Bass is a money machine." Like that's a fact. Like that's that's, and and you can take that down to the federation level stuff, to the local, the partner clubs, and all that. Like they're about making money. They want to rake in memberships. They want you know they're they're cranking it out like. They, you see their pay scales for these, for these bigger kayak events. And I don't want kayak anglers to go in with a mindset that, that things should be a hundred percent payout. There's not, I mean, what is a hundred percent payout? You know, you don't go to, you don't go to work and I don't get paid. I'm a sales rep. I don't get paid a hundred percent on everything I sell. I get paid 1% on shit that I sell. Like you have to know going in like where, where the value in things is, but I do feel like bass has a lot more to give like bass. uh, If you go to a bass weigh in, if you go to a bass check in, you shouldn't be driving around looking for a 10 by 12 piece of paper stapled to a freaking tree. (laughs) It's bass master shit. Like shoot some fireworks, you know, do something like you shouldn't have to wonder what's going on there. Like I think, I think they leave a lot on the table as far as the the show that they put on. I mean, this is supposed to be the biggest stage in fishing. Like, let's see it. Where's it at? There's not even a stage here. It's a picnic table. Come on. 
we're we're going to get into that because we're going to get into the KBM post. We're we're going to get into that shortly. That's that's the next thing. I'm glad but, you saved that to the end. <laughs> so, uh, Bill, I don't know if you know, KBM put a post up about uh, the most prestigious kayak championship you can win. And so we're going to talk about that. And the, it's, I don't it's know right here in case y'all are confused. Yeah, we gonna talk I brought about it with it. me. We're going to talk about it. I don't know where it's going to go, but don't matter. <laughs> but, in the, it, but bringing it back down to what we're talking about now was, was the branding was not even the branding from the circuits, but you know, you've, I know y'all have put a lot of time and effort into looking into how to promote on the water fishing live action. So, you know, that's where, where, when do we hit that, Ryan? Where do, when do you think that comes in? Like KFL was, is doing it. So, but where, at what point? <laughs> so, so, so that that brings that brings up another point. I, there's a uh, and I like the hustle, I like the enthusiasm. I think there's a point of overselling things that I wish people would have learned from the early KBF days. Like you can't overpromise and underdeliver, and and. That's one of the things, and KFL's growing, and I think the concept is there. I think they have to adjust their payouts. They absolutely have to. You can't say, we're only going to pay two teams at the end of the year. You drive your asses all over the country, spend thousands of dollars, and two teams might get to cover their own travel expenses. That is insane. Whose business plan is that? You're traveling, you know. 20 hours for yeah for the and 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 they they have more teams it's going to be more regionalized but you're i mean this is still money people are still spending money you're going and hitting these shops up for sponsorships for what exposure for 12 people watching a live feed throughout the day that's not that is not a value to a sponsor if a sponsor is going to give you five grand they want that somehow at least justifiably in their mind as a return and you can't like I know they did the Pride TV thing, and I heard n- insane numbers. Oh, I have a million viewers. There's not a million people. I don't even know what Pride TV. Is. There's not a million people that know what Pride TV is. You, that's the stuff that hurts the sport. Like I, there is potential in the concept, but you can't oversell shit. And and I know it's been done. KBBBBBT was the same way as overselling engagement. Like you can't just run fake numbers. Like that's not how it works. You yeah, can't oversell of, on stuff like lot, that. Not just fishing. A lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of companies will do that, and then hopes in hopes that it'll catch up. Like it's not it's not the case. You have to have deliverables. You have right. to have concrete shit. Not like well, if you click on my Facebook video yeah. from nine months ago, it got nine hundred plays in two minutes. So I extrapolated that for the next five years, and I got nine million views. Like that's yeah. not how it works. That's not math, unfortunately. But again, that's where all this comes into play, and this is where the math comes in. Where two plus two going equal four. Like you right. got to have you got to have anglers that are going to brand and promote themselves. It, we're talking about the kayak world. Don't, yeah. People don't even need, even need to think about bass right now. The anglers, the, the anglers that promote themselves, they don't have to win. They just need to be out there. They need to be putting content out. It needs to be them being authentic. 
when they when shit happens and they flip their kayak and they lose all their shit or they win a tournament and then you know the, these these national trails need to be able to harness the power of of the individual anglers th- throughout that the top ten, but not only the top ten, but the ones that maybe had some adversity, they need to be able to target you to to single in on those. It, it's the whole con- you know the whole conglomeration of what we're talking about it up to this point is it's an angler and it's it's the the tournament scene. And I like the live stream interaction type deal where you're watching people catch fish. I completely understand the selling point in that you got to have good service. So whoever's on the water hat, you can't, you can't pick an angler that has one bar of service and their shit's choppy and cutting up. Same with the commentators. You can't have them, you know, going down the highway with a window down, like commentating (laughs) on stuff. Like that's not acceptable either. Like if you're going to do this, if you're really going to do this, Build yourself a a professional looking space to where it really appears like you are putting out a product. Like you're, you're you know you're not sitting in the backyard swatting mosquitoes, like trying to keep up with a tournament. Like you, there's there's got there's a lot of room for improvement, and I, I think there is definitely a market for for what they're trying to do. If I could give any advice on that, it would be help out with the payout somehow, spread that around a little bit. And improve on on the coverage part. And people want to see people win money too. So the more money people involved, do want to, and and people want to win money too. Like I love pissing money away, but I like to get some back. Like if I just go out and spend twenty grand a year chasing these trails, that I mean, it, it like that doesn't really do me a lot of good, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So on that, let's let's talk about the the KBM. A little post and let me pull it up and let's see where we are now because y'all put a, a landslide i know where we are well i know i know the landslide and i know all right hold on so right now kb kbn kite bass nation on facebook created a poll and the poll is it's championship season what ranks as the most prestigious air quotes prestigious championship a kayak angler can win right now and the choices are toc hobie bos bass nation kayak championship all american kayak classic kbf national championship the 10 uh quote unquote the 12 to 15 kbf trail championship or state championship so right now toc has 206 votes Bass Nation forty, All American thirty one, KBF eight, <laughs> ten eight. Um, yeah. So, so pretty much it comes. I mean, here I'll say this: I don't know much about the All American because I think that's more of a Midwestern. It's more of a regional deal, regional and, and and I don't even know. And I talked to Jeff earlier. I was like, I, "That's great for those guys, but that's a regional thing. Like, that's you're not competing against everybody from." you know, from across the country that wanted to participate in it. I mean, that's, that's right to me that that shouldn't have been thrown, but I mean, he threw state championships in there. He's saying, what would you be the most proud to win? And I get that. Well, I don't think prestigious, right? So we get prestigious. And, and so I'll, I'll start it off. I chose bass because (laughs) I chose bass because when you, when I think of prestige, I think of the stage. I think of where you were. 
And now I'm coming, I'm coming to this too from only seeing it from from Mark's side to in in listening to his hundred interviews afterwards on podcasts. Yeah, like it was life changing event for him. And so I, but it's that it's the bass stage, and so prestige. Now, I'll and that was it. cool. That's a yeah. I was there. I mean, I stayed two more days to watch it okay. happen. Yeah, and it was know, it was a yeah. spectacle to see for sure. Oh yeah, and but I but from a from a now, I have not fished national tournaments at up to this point, but from a, being around the people that I'm around, I know being connected with folks on social media, the TOC is a creme creme de la creme of it at this point. There's no question about that, and we also have the luxury of having a TOC champion on this podcast. So we are able, we are able to have an in-depth view behind the scenes view of both of these. And I know what you chose. So I'm just curious because you've sure. been in this world. You've been That's in this so- world and we're talking about prestige, right? What's the prestige? Because Mark said this was a life changing event for him. But what did it change? And I love Mark to death. I mean, he's my brother. It's a life-changing event, but what the hell did it change? What came out of it? You know, there was some glitter and shit in the air and some smoke, but I mean, what did it change? It didn't change. It didn't change a lot other than getting to be, you know, to have that blue trophy or whatever. And we had a great time there. Listen, I, I did. I had a lot of friends in town. We rolled out the red carpet. You want to talk about a good time? Mark had a good time. I promise you that. Uh, but the, the, the trophy was had Miller lights or Miller. Oh yeah. Or Miller oh, it was Miller lights. That's all they had. I bought buckets and buckets. We had such yeah. a good time. We know. Uh, but but comparing the two events, so this the the TOC we're going into will be my third TOC. I went to the first one at Wachita, qualified for it. The Hobie tournaments in general, before COVID, now they would rent out a a you know conference room and it was white tablecloths and you know they'd have a dinner for you every night i'm serious like every tournament they'd have a dinner the the night of registration i mean it was like they they treat the anglers you know like they're they are the ticket like because you registered for that tournament you're you're important already whether you caught a fish before the first cast they're treating you like somebody so you get to the TOC, you go in, and they have catered meals every night. You have like this $600 gift bag that's full of, you know, Gerber pliers and AFCO gear and, ju- you know, just just good stuff, good stuff that you'll actually use. And that's for the, the top 50. So you've busted your ass all year to get into that small margin. You fished against thousands to be in that top 5,000. I don't know, probably 1,500, 1,600 anglers throughout the the course of the year but you you qualify to be in that that small elite group well then when you're in that elite group you look around that room and there's 49 people that you know can kick your ass like there's not a slouch like somebody didn't sneak in there by accident you know like there wasn't a person that registered their dog and fished an online tournament in Arizona one time and qualified for it. Like these are people that went in on this deal and won a two day, a two day tournament. So they really had to fish their way in. I fished the the classic out there on PK. 
I qualified through my state trail. So then there's all this trickle-down stuff. It's not, not did you qualify through a bass event. I qualified through my state trail. You can qualify through certain other local clubs. You can qualify through a Bass Nation local club. There's all these, you know, all these exceptions. So that really expands the field to, to hundreds of people that have qualified for it. And the more people you add, the more watered down it gets, the less, you know, that talent pool is. I'm not saying the same great anglers weren't in that field, but I'm saying if that waters down the overall average, you know, you're, you're having to compete with other factors than just him being good. Was he good? And, and five people slid in on a spot on tournament day because it's so crowded like that. You, you bring in a different dynamic. Uh, we went to the event at the Classic. They had us line up outside in like 105 degree heat to get our boards checked, okay? <laughs> they don't give you your identifier when you get your board checked. No, 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 no. You sit there and you drink and hang out with your buddies and you're supposed to remember to go find someone in the crowd to get your <laughs> identifier. What? Are you kidding? Guess who didn't? This guy. This guy right here, right? I didn't even get an identifier. It blew my mind. So that happened. There were a couple little judging things that happened that I didn't agree with. And I I spoke to the people running the show and we had our little back and forth. So then it comes down to the awards, right? So I'm pretty sure Mark's won. I know Mark or Joe McElroy have won. The reviewing fish, Joe McElroy calls me. Hey, they're reviewing my fish. I didn't have a better picture of this one. This is on awards day, <laughs> like the two days after the tournament. I'm like, yeah, oh shit. Two days later. Two days later. Yeah, yeah. Double checking all the fish. Um, so then we get there and they tell us which door to go in. They won't let us in that door. So they tell us to go to another door. So we run around this big ass coliseum to the other door. Hundred degree heat, Texas summer. Run around to the other door. They won't let us in. And I, I call Patrick Malone. Love Patrick to death. And I'm like, Patrick, what the hell? I'm, I was like, I'm about to whoop this little dude's ass with this walkie-talkie right here. Somebody's going to jail. We got four minutes to get to the stage. What is going on right now? He comes out, finally gets them to let us in. We go down by the stage, and then the security guards come and kick us out from next to the stage. Like, you can't be here. I'm like, bro, like you got there's no one else here. Why couldn't we be here? They move us way up to the side, okay? Well, then they realize, oh, shit, there's nobody down here by the stage. This isn't even going to look like anyone's here. So then they pull us right back down to where they just kicked us out of. And then we get to see, you know, this 15-minute, like, hurry-up show. Like, people don't realize this behind-the-scenes stuff. And Tim Arthur pointed this out. He posts a picture of the of the classic way in where there's you know there's freaking ten thousand people in the stand ah! no there's like forty people in there like you I mean seriously like you could hear a pin drop in that place until the awards started but I'm like there's you know they this is the big stage to me sitting in that room with the top fifty people in this sport that year that qualified to me that is more that's recognition that, you know, you know, steel sharp and steel. Like that's what that's, that's it right there. Because those guys are like, not only do I know what you did to get here, but I know what you did to beat me and be up there. Like that is why that is the, the elite, uh, you know, championship to me, because number one, it's hard as hell to qualify, but number two, it's red carpet the whole way. Like it's, it's super professional, 
you're recognized. There's no hurry up. There's no, you know, smoke and mirrors type deal. You get your time. You get your time in the spotlight. You get up there and say whatever you want to say. And, and they have camera coverage. It's on the outdoor channel. Like it's, it's the real deal. Bass didn't even have camera boats out there. Uh, They had still shot camera boats. They weren't recording anything. There was no TV component. There was no live component. Why? You have the ability. You have camera trucks. Why? Why are you not making more out of this? Down the road from from where they're setting up for the damn. So frustrating, man. So frustrating. So when you when you you describe like a shit show of this situation, for somebody to say it was life changing, if you win and you and that's your experience, that's what he's probably gauging it off of. Like no, so I mean, being on that stage and and having that exposure, and Mike Mark went to iCast and got introduced to a bunch of people, and 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 you know, that is some that is it's a big door opener. Now, as far as do people just start throwing checks at you because you want to you want a Bassmaster event that that people didn't really even know was happening? That's a different story. Like I, I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you, man. I want this thing. That shit's on TV. I did a bunch of interviews, whatever. But like it didn't really it didn't really create waves in my normal life, which I you know. Well, you're on Bass and Brews, brother, so that's... Yeah, I mean, it, that is life-changing in itself, yeah, but I'm saying the, you can't depend the, on the, one big tournament win to to affect your income. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. If you don't have the I brand built... If you don't have the brand built up front, but even even in bass even in bass boats, man, if you don't have the brand that can support the recognition... You're not going to get shit out of it. Well, now, if you have the brand, look at G-Man. Look at Randy yeah. Howell. Look at Mike Iaconelli. Yeah. When's the last time they went out and just wiped the floor with somebody? Well, it's been a long damn time. I'll tell you. I the same thing when we were talking before about the branding. It's it's not just fishing. It's not just kayak fishing or bass boats. You know DC. You know Wheeler. You know Ike. These are characters. that UFC, Conor McGregor ain't the best fighter at 155. Right. But everybody knows Conor McGregor. It's marketing. It's yeah. that's who the that's who makes the fucking money. You know? if, if anybody is the blueprint since since the Roller Martins and the Bill dances, if anyone is the blueprint to be a successful angler, but that's secondary to being a successful brand, it's Ike. Ike. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Dude, he's a. I I, I talked to to Mike, yeah. Becky, and Charles pretty pretty frequently. He's yeah. a marketing genius. Dude, genius. Everybody on Bass and Brews is a big fan of Ike. <laughs> marketing genius. I mean, seriously, like yeah. love him or hate him, he is a marketing genius. Absolutely. Well, I Absolutely. love Ike. Is one of my my fishing idols. Like yeah, I Alex love him is and mine too. People, yeah, yeah. When people hated him for breaking rods and acting the fool, I'm like God. It's about fucking time somebody showed some emotion out here. There's a guy named Jordan Marshall. If you can ever get a live feed into his boat, you will see rods snapped. He loses his mind. They call, we, Eric Thomason calls it a Marshall meltdown. Marshall midday meltdown. He will just, I mean, wreck shit. He just yeah. loses it. Yeah. Frequently. Yeah. yeah. So, so Ryan, this is a question. Go ahead, Bill. What did you have to say? No, no, my bad. I said that's back to the authenticity. People want to see right. real. Yeah, people. That's right. People want to see pain. They want to see you be real, and they want to see you catch big fish. So, Ryan, 2022, 
you're in the Bassmaster National Championship. No, I'm not. You're in the COC. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm done with the bass stuff, man. I'm gonna be real Which, with you. Answer the fucking question, Ryan. Which one? I'm simplifying one it for you. You yeah. want to win the TOC? I want to win the TOC as many times as I can in my life because that is the one that people worked for, busted their ass to get into, and they're the best in the country. That's why. That's it. Period. And do you see Hobie Bos being? being the leader they're the ones it's, everybody's chasing they're, they they are now but five years from now are they is is a or is hobie and aj are they creating something that everybody else is chasing are they the bass of the oh yeah board? oh yeah aj as long as aj mcwarder has his hands in it it will be the best great write that down put my name on that if i'm ever wrong feel free to call me out it's being recorded and it will be on the internet. Yeah. So Don't give a damn, know. son. You tweet me. You tweet me when that happens. When Hobie BOS is not the best at the hands of AJ McCorder, feel free. You can uh, Justin Justin Rotten's got my uh, got my home address. You you come out here and call me out right now. I will send you a Tic Tac video. Yes, send, send me. Yes. Please. Make it cute. But, and, and so that's the thing is is you hear and this is where it comes down to. And I took y'all, I took the poll as most prestigious. And mm-hmm. being, and I guess everybody calls Mark the first BASS national championship. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah, because people say last year didn't count. It, well, yeah, it wasn't that. It was an open. It was like the KBF right. national championship. Right. It's an open. So, so I took it as that's, I looked at it from that level. Of, of I mean, but being the first still doesn't like there was a first KBF national champion. Is that the most prestigious? No, because there were 360 of us there. Like, that's not, I mean, and you did beat 360 people, but what did we do to get there? Paid an entry fee? Some people got a tattoo? Shit. I mean, that doesn't make you great. Like, that you didn't, you didn't do anything crazy to get there. It's like winning the classic, winning the Bassmaster classic. Is that a Northern Open? Is that a Southern Open? It's not. You have to bust your ass to get there. That's where prestige comes from. And people need to realize that it's not the name. The Bassmaster Classic is prestigious in the bass boat world. The Bassmaster Kayak Semi Open, it doesn't have that level of prestige. It doesn't. I mean, and until they put more into it, they need to have a more stringent qualifying scale. And in my opinion, they need to invest more into media coverage into it. If you want to make it big, then do something about it. Well, on that, I'm going to go change my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it is, man. That's that's the truth. I think See, that, that was the great thing about Michigan. Yeah, that was a great thing about being able to have this discussion with you is you've been a part of the Bassmaster side, but you you are a TOC champion. On that side, I mean, you know, you have the the views of that. You know, you know, you know, Mark. You know the guys that were in there. So, like that that's the that's the whole thing about it. And when you think about from a kayak world, it's the grassroots. Everybody talks about the grassroots is what grows the sport. It's the grassroots. Mm-hmm. It's your club in Tennessee that y'all started that now is 
is one that you know people look at look at the folks that are fishing in that and you know it's the ones here locally it's the ones in the northeast it's the ones all over the country those produce the people that then go to fish in the toc who are successful mm-hmm. yep and so you know i think that's when when we put everything we talked about together tonight is that it starts at, at the local level it grows it into does. the regional and then it goes into the national but then there's so much more now to this than in the 90s in the early 2000s with the old red man tournaments in the bass you, you had to win to be known here yeah. You you don't have to win to be known, but all you have to do is win one to get to to continue to grow into the tournament scene. But if you're branding yourself, now you're putting it both together and that's what's gonna get you that you have to win to be legit. You have to get the respect. Anybody can be a mouth, they can be a talking head, they can be a keyboard warrior. When you go out and kick ass in a live tournament, that's when you get the respect. That's it. That's that's what you gain from being a personality or an influencer or whatever you want to call it. You don't have the respect then on the tournament stage. Right. When you start cashing checks, yeah. you start doing, you know, these these live top 10 interviews and whatnot, that's when you get the respect because you did it. You didn't talk about it. You didn't coach somebody else. You went out and did it. That's where I mean, that's where the clout comes from. That's that's right. That's right. So let's transition real quick. Tell us about what you have coming up with with your video productions. What can you tell us about your your YouTube channel or the the videos? What you have? Um, so I, I I don't know. I came up with this little idea. Like I do a lot of shit. A lot. I do I do you know duck hunting, deer hunting, elk hunting, obviously fishing saltwater freshwater I, I go around and see my buddies like i go down to pensacola and fish with brandon barton and matthew van i'll go to miami and fish with rob will valderay like i'm always on the road doing stuff and i'm like so much crazy shit happens like i, I mean honestly like just insane stuff you wouldn't believe even in even in nashville hanging out with my friends like we had Darius Rucker walk in. We're hanging out when he walks in and starts, you know, starts on this Hootie and the Blowfish kick at this little smoke hole bar in Nashville. Like, so much cool shit happens, and I'm like, I got to start. Like, nobody believes it. Like, I'm like, I got to start. I got to start putting this stuff out there. I want to take people with me. I want to really document first person, the adventure, like from the travel to the hotels, to the flat tires, to the rental cars that don't show up, the Uber drivers that are, you know, hilarious. Like (laughs) I, I want to document all this crazy stuff that I get into. And that's exactly what I'm doing. It's going to be, uh, you know, kind of diverse. It's going to be a little bit of everything, but that's, that's what I'm going to launch this uh, this winter. If I so may, we're going to get. Go ahead, Bill. I was going to say when I was when I was looking at the Facebook, there's a picture, and, and I'm a fanboy out for a second of Aaron Lewis. What's, what's <laughs> it, what was uh, what was that's my homeboy. Come I talk I talked to Aaron every three or four days. Oh, I was going to tell you I was friends with him. Fuck it, never mind. Yeah, no, I, t- I just <laughs> talked to him. I just talked to him uh, two days ago. But I, I, the local bar I hang out at, uh, we had a mutual friend, and they were like, "Hey, will you take Aaron fishing?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I didn't know who Aaron was. So he calls, and I recognize his voice, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is Aaron Lewis. Yeah. 
So we went to Hook One. He bought two kayaks and a kayak trailer. And then we went to Bass Pro and he bought like five grand worth of tackle. And we started <laughs> fishing together about two years ago. And since then, man, we talk all the time. We talk fishing, politics, bullshit. Oh, uh, I mean, just just homeboys. He's a he's yeah. a good dude. I, I got into him much much bigger with when he started doing the country stuff and that. Yeah, he's very mm-hmm. outspoken. He's the fucking real deal. Love that dude. Yep, he's a good one. Huge supporter of that Save JT tournament, man. I, I hit him up, and I was like, will you donate a couple concert tickets to auction off? And he's like, no. He's like, I'll donate two backstage meet-and-greet passes, dinner with me and you on the bus, and an autographed guitar. And I was like, well, alrighty. We're in. <laughs> We're in, buddy. Let's go. So, so on that too, on KBN, if anybody hasn't seen the updates, you know, y'all, y'all got some two, two big sponsors. What, what is, because KBN started as it, it, the cesspool, right? And people yes. still embrace that part of it. Like people do know, because people want to hear what, what you want to say that you can't. Yeah. yeah. It is, there, there's the, yes, it's real. People but the podcast we try to make separate. Like, we right. try to separate church and state right there. <laughs> I love when y'all do cover some of the, the mainstream happenings in the first five or ten minutes. But yeah, I mean, we try to keep it updated, but not you can't right. get too raw with it or, or nobody's going <laughs> to nobody's gonna love it anymore. <laughs> but y'all do a good job uh, on the podcast keeping up with the tournament trails, right? That's what the podcast is for. Yeah. Yep. And then KBN, but they're one and the same, right? They're they're brother and sister. The private group, yeah, is definitely tied to the podcast. The podcast is the public consumable version. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> only only on KBN can you make a post on a fishing group on if Guns N' Roses is better than Alice in Chains and get over 200 comments. <laughs> KBN's like the backstage of kayak fishing. Like that's, like it's not, it's not the the shiny stuff. It's the cheaters. It's the bullshit. It's the the mud slinging, calling people out. Like that's what that's what KBN is. And and I always want it to be that way because if you don't have an open forum where people can bring stuff like that to light. So much gets brushed under the rug. There's there's so many things that people ignore that don't get addressed. If you call that shit out, people get paid, cheaters get punished, and everybody knows what's going on. And, and obviously, a couple weeks ago in the Carolinas, we ran into that, and one organization pushed pushed that side of it to KBN. Oh which, yeah, for sure. And, and, I agree with. Bring them to the streets. I mean, there's 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 that the self regulation in the kayak world that we see from what was the guy's name in California that was the world renowned big bass angler. Oh yeah, the old uh, foul hooker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know that that was before the time of the internet nowadays. And people have no idea who he is. Now people on the West Coast know knew who he was. But now we don't have to worry about people. Well, I say that every day somebody snuck in not too long ago. But anyway, we don't have to worry about people sneaking in. Y'all feel a, a, a very niche in that. But where is KBN in the next two or three years? Like, what does, what does that look like for you and Jeff? 
I don't know. I mean, we're going to keep KBN. We're trying to to manage KBN a little more, a little bit more on the group. But the podcast, we want to keep doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, we want to give evergreen content. We want to continue to promote anglers across the board. I don't give a shit if I don't agree with whoever runs whatever organization. From the angler standpoint, you still accomplish something, and you still deserve a platform and a voice to – 13,000, 14,000 people. Like you, you deserve to be heard and have your time in the spotlight. Tell us how you got started. Tell us how you won the tournament. Like that's what you earned with that. And that's what we want to give people. I think that's great too, because that's the educational aspect from a tournament angler. So somebody that's new, that's into kayak tournament angling, listening to your podcast, y'all, you know, y'all, that people share the information that they did. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's an educational aspect. Of, of the social media, you either catching big fish, you're educating. And so that's the educational aspect of it. And I do love that, how y'all promote the anglers in that, because you don't just have the first place winners. You'll have the first, second, third, you know, I mean, we try to mix it up. I mean, if there's two big tournaments, we'll try to pull in one of each and, and get their take on different bodies of water and approaches and things, how they break down maps. Like, you know, I mean, we try to, to bring a knowledge aspect to it. All right. So two years from now, where's Ryan Lambert in the kayak <sighs> Shit. fishing world? Banned. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Is in charge of Hobie. Ryan Lambert will be able to fish one, one, one professional circuit. No way. No. AJ will put me out to pasture in a hurry. Where, where are you fishing? Are you fishing professionally or are you leading a charge into the growth and in the promotion of the sport? I think, unfortunately, I have dug myself too deep into a hole to move too far out of where we're at i'm gonna keep fishing i can't not compete as long as there's people out there talking shit i'll get out of bed i'll spool up my ride and i'll go shut some people up like i love it i love that part of it and like i said earlier before we came on the show i don't just wake up and go fishing on a thursday because i don't have shit to do like i you know like i'll i'll prepare for these tournaments i have a super packed schedule between my real job and and this but I, you know, I love to compete. I do. So I'll be competing and I'll be talking shit on a podcast somewhere. Well, oh, yeah. shit. Great. Great. We'll have, we'll have you back. Uh, you know, Alex <laughs> is going to be gone for 11 months. Oh, gonna, uh, you'll be, be canceled by then, brother. Well, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is probably the last fucking podcast I'll ever do right here. Congratulations. I would not be surprised if <laughs> when this stops, it doesn't save. <laughs> Look, I, you know, fuck, yeah, if I fuck that shit up, this, this bitch is recording. It says oh, yeah. live record. I'm doing yeah. everything. If this doesn't record, I will quit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there you go. So, so Ryan, we come. We're we're gonna wrap this up. Bill, you got anything else, buddy? No, dude. You're 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 a cool ass dude. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad this is the week <laughs> I stepped you. in. You're you're the real deal, brother. <laughs> Thank you, you sir. Appreciate know. it. No, you never know. You know, you 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 see these guys. You don't know. You know, you start talking to them. Like, these guys full of shit. Nah. You know? I, I try. I try not to be that. Uh, I may not be liked by all, but I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I try to be as real as I can. Anyway. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things. I just got. I just. Yeah. My my story doesn't matter because I've told it on the show a couple times. But like, I had a ten year hiatus from fishing. I just started kayak fishing in December of last year. 
Mm-hmm. And then I didn't really get into it. I got my Hobie in February of this year. So, like, I have a lot of fishing knowledge. But in the kayak world, this was all new to me. So being able, like, you you think about December, January, is when I started listening to y'all's podcast and the, the Paddle and Bend Network and all these other ones. And so I I listened to them and caught up and then went back and listened to before. But you, you think about the people that are the face of the kayak angling world, um, and, and we'll take it from, like, the Russ Snyders that don't have a huge social media presence to to you and Jeff and some of these others at Greg that have the huge, like, being able to have a conversation with somebody that's been in it, that's tournament of champions, that's one of the most well-known in the sport, like, everybody's approachable here. That's something I don't ever want to lose personally because I met one of the bigger names in the sport years back, and it was Drew Gregory. I'll go ahead and say it. But at the Kayak Bass Series, like five years ago, the first ever Kayak Bass Series, we had breakfast together. And, you know, I'm brand new. I don't know shit about kayak fishing. So I'm picking his brain. I sent him a message on Facebook, and he never responded. Didn't respond for five years. And then sent me a message asking to come on the podcast on KVN to announce his new fantasy fishing thing. And I'm like, boy, how about that shit? And and I don't, and I, I swear, I, I still do it to this day. Anybody that messages me, anybody that comes up and talks to me, we're friends. We have something in common. I'm responding to you. I'm helping you. I'm answering your questions because I don't ever want to miss something like, you know, I don't know what I could to learn five years ago that may have cut two years off you know me advancing in the sport you don't know who you're talking to like and you don't know what that's doing for somebody's life maybe somebody's in a real dark place maybe they've been through some stuff and they just you know that conversation that you have with them could just turn around their whole outlook i don't ever want to move past something like that you know thinking that i don't have time for it or it's an annoyance or whatever so that's and I think that's a great lesson to take forward in life. Period. People get put in front of you for a reason. Like we don't bump into each other by accident. Too many people on this earth. Yeah, and, and look, people fucking kayak bass fishing ain't easy. Like it, hmm. it is not easy. <laughs> there's there's a lot that goes into it than just being in a kayak and throwing the lure out there. I mean, you know, it's. There's, there's a lot of aspects of that. So having the opportunity to learn from somebody and somebody to share that information, you know, that, that goes a long way with the growth of the sport, which kind of encompasses everything we're talking about. All right, Ryan, so we at the end of this podcast, and I'm going to try not to fuck this shit up because Alex oh. does all this shit. Again, I'm just a pretty face and a half-drunk yeah. mouth on this podcast. Yeah. All so right. I'm going to try not to fuck this up. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> so, so uh, we we have some questions, and now oh, you're, God. you're 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 pretty famous in the kayak world, the fishing <laughs> world, and so this this could make or break your career moving forward. I'm just it's been honest. it's been broke, player. Uh, don't we, worry we, about we, that. We had we we matter of fact, one of our one of our uh, most recent guests just answered a question that. Um, that was that was pretty pretty astounding. So anyway, we're going to go through these, and we have the last one, and we'll then we'll close this out. So the first All question: right. This is our lightning round, whatever right. that means. But let's go. Crocs, 
or flip flops? Crocs. My man, hell yeah! <laughs> Four wheel drive, flip flops will flip flops will ruin your day in a heartbeat. You better Amen. lock them in four wheel drive. You don't want to be busting your ass out there on a boat ramp first thing. Hey, see exactly. You never slip in Crocs, flip flops. Your ass gonna be slipping all over the damn place. Amen. I love it. Bill, Bill, Bill has lost more Crocs yeah. than any angler in the continental Dude, United States. You bring it up, I almost lost one today. I donate them to I donate them to the river quite often, but that's because I fuck up the four wheel drive thing. I just get carried away. But go ahead anyway. All right. Well, my dog hit the four wheel drive off of mine, so I've, I've only got I've only got neutered crops. They're only neutered. All right, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Hell no. They see. Look, you can tell we got country motherfuckers on mm-hmm. here. Pineapple on pizza? No, no, no. Two. All right. <laughs> You spend more on a rod or a reel? A reel. I threw a Berkeley lightning rod forever and busted ass with it. So you can't tell me you can't tell me that that that's what it is. But I've had a bunch of grinding ass thirteen fishing piece of shit concept oh, yeah. C's. I'll, I'm done. I'll spend money on a Shimano. Like I'm not gonna sit there and listen to rah, 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 and one raindrop falls and that bitch backlashes everywhere. I'm never doing it again. I'll spend money on a reel. Look, y'all. I told you I had a t- ten year hiatus before. I bought two new reels this year, Shimano's. I got the old Shimano Corrado green reels. Ooh, like that's the, it. Like everybody thinks are, are classics and collectibles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking three of the four reels I fish with on a daily basis are those. I like they it. Have been, they haven't been broken apart. They've only been greased and old. That's it. I like it. I like no it. No problem. No problem. It's hard to beat them. It's hard to beat them. Because... The pole has some do, something to do with casting, but that reel. Mm. That's how I sling do. one on a broomstick. I don't care, but that, I got to have something to reel it in. Exactly. The reel will do it. In a three-hour session, you catching five two-pounders or one seven-pounder. That's right. That, that, you did, what? What, what do you got? That's right. He's doing it all. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. You catching five twos and one seven? Um... Which, I which am. Do you want to catch five twos or one seven? One seven. I want one seven. I don't give a shit about a two pounder. <laughs> I did not expect you to think about that. I thought that was going to be the quickest answer out of. I didn't know that was a question. I honestly you thought you were just making a statement about the rod and reel conversation. <laughs> I, I did not know. I didn't hear there was a, a period or a space. I just thought that rolled on into it. Yeah. Well, I am country, so a lot of I, right, and that's that's I'm like, yeah, hell, five five twos and one seven. <laughs> Don't give a shit about a rod, and I was like, yeah, man, I didn't know that was the question part. My bad. Yeah, just uh, can you underline underline the next question? I don't want to miss it. Jesus Christ! Look, I expect this kind of fuckery. From all these Yankees that have been on well, this podcast, but we finally get one of the three Southerners on here. Hey, hold on a minute. This, is Aaron, this guy hangs out with Aaron Lewis. They refer to us as Northern Rednecks from now on. Go ahead. Oh boy! All right, wacky, wacky rig or Texas rig? That's a question. That's right. What am I throwing it in? I, it don't fucking matter. It does. If I'm throwing around grass, I want a wacky rig. But if I'm throwing it up in some brush and shit, I like a Texas rig. You need a bite. 
you need one bite to win the tournament. TSC. Wacky rig, wacky rig, wacky rig, wacky rig. There we go. All right, there we go. Slow jams or hype music? Hype music. I pull up, listen to some gangster ass shit on the way to tournaments. I put on 2000s hip hop and I roll yeah. up with that shit blasting on <laughs> tournament day. I yep. swear. You know the rest are. of it is ter- is Tyler Childers and Coulter Wall oh, yeah. and some redneck shit. But on <laughs> tournament day, I got to be ready. I mean, ready. You know when Ryan Lambert is showing up to the ramp because it's 45 minutes after lunchtime and we're jamming on 2,000 hardcore rap music. Yes, <laughs> correct. That's a fact. All right. So this is the most important question oh, of all this quasi-lightning round. Okay. This could fuck your career up for the rest of your life. You might get fired from selling your medical equipment. I'm bulletproof. With this. With this. Cop, listen to me. This is a question now. In case we, you think you Yankee again, the top three sandwich proteins oh, yeah. you choose. Oh, come out! Come out! Oh shit! Come on! Come out! No! Can you eat largemouth bass? No! Hell no! You, God damn it! I'm I eat I eat crappie, son. That's what I eat. All right, so so all right, we we got that one, Alex. I hope you're fucking happy. He said no. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yes. Top three sandwich proteins. Uh ham, roast beef, and turkey. You know what? Th- nothing surprising. I love it, but you spit them out like that. We had our last guest said spinach. <laughs> I don't trust people. Cheese. I don't trust people like that, to be honest <laughs> with you. Galeria said cheese. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. You got so, me. All right. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. Wild Bill, you got anything, brother? No, nothing at all, man. That was <laughs> nope. All right, Ryan, so. Um, Kind of same thing as the other podcast game. Anybody you want to thank? Anybody you want to shout out? I just I want to thank my friends, the Kayak Bass Nation, uh, Z Man Plano. A huge thank you to the Dugout Bait and Tackle and Jamie Coza because I forgot to thank him in the TOC interview at Pickwick or the the Hobie Buitz interview. He got pissed at me. Um, so. Uh, Revo sunglasses, obviously for coming on with us. Honestly, they're investing big on fishing and we are super, super happy to be a part of it. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I thank, I thank AJ and the crew for running the BOS series, Dwayne for all he's done with bass and even the Godfather for founding kayak fishing, uh, to give us the platform that we have. All right. Where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, Ryan Parker Lambert on Instagram, uh, I think Ryan Parker Lambert on YouTube as well, and then some one of the five Ryan Lamberts on uh, <laughs> on Facebook. Well, we got to know where the YouTube is to watch all this video content. You know, you'll you'll see it. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I'll drop I'll drop a link or two. All right, y'all don't uh, we don't 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 sign off after we end this. We're gonna hop on real quick and do some more talking. But thank y'all. I got I got a pack for Elk Hunt. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah. All right, fellas, we appreciate it. We'll see you all later. Take care. Later.